Warning! The podcast you're about to hear is very filthy. We say naughty words you would use as an adult anyway. It will cause you not to eat your vegetables, and your mom generally thinks it's a bad idea. Any moment of the show that has any similarity to the history of any person living or dead, real or fictional, to real events are entirely unintentional and coincidental. Unless we're specifically noted, otherwise in the cast and crew credits, all celebrity voices are impersonated, and new celebrity has endorsed any aspect of the show. Hey everyone, and welcome out to the Good, the Bad, and the Geeky. This is a GBG drive-by, and uh, before we get to today's topics, I just want to give a uh, shout-out to our sponsors. Uh, first off, UTMNT.com. Go to UTMNT.com, Ultimate Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's a fan-based webcomic that I'm the writer and executive producer for. Please check that out. And we also are running an Indiegogo campaign until the middle of September, where you can get a copy of UTMNT issue number one. So please check that out. It's pretty cool. And and support us. Right now, as I record this at least, we are 51% and uh, I, it could use your support. And if you support us, you get some cool stuff in return. All right, next up, packratcomics.com. That's packratcomics.com. And they're located in the heart of Old Hilliard, Ohio, which is a Columbus suburb or Columbus area. So if you're ever in the Columbus area and you want a great place to get your comic books, board games, card games, shirts, graphic novels, and more, then you guys know where to go. Packrat Comics. Also, Packrat is the housing space for the It's All Been Done Radio Hour. Our next show is September 12th. Please check that out. And uh, I'm, I know this is really horrible because I'm not as prepared as I would like, but uh, it's, I, it, you can find the website at itsallbendoneradiohour.com. And, guys, it's going to be so sweet. I really cannot wait for you guys to check it out. Um, the podcast will go up in January, but live show, you can get in on the action now, again, starting September 12th, right here at Pack Rat. It's not our first show, but this is the first one I'm advertising, so you guys get out there and go to it. And finally, our final sponsor is Audible. If you want a free audiobook, there's a 14-day free trial where you can get this audiobook. Just sign up at audibletrial.com forward slash goodbaggeeky. I know I uh, uh, you know pontificated last episode that you could get uh, the Felicia Day album, or album, sorry, the Felicia Day book, and Someone wrote in and told me they used the code, and it is there. So that means that's one of the things I'm going to have to get, because uh, I have a monthly subscription to them, so I get, because uh, I, I listen to audiobooks like a podcast, so it's pretty darn cool, right? Of course it is. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, really enjoy listening to that. But if you'd like to get on the action too, audibletrial.com forward slash geeky. And once you get in there, you guys will then be able to uh, really have a lot of fun and uh, see all the different types of titles. They have over 180,000. That's a lot. 180,000 titles to choose from. AudibleTrial.com forward slash GoodBadGeeky. Also, a little reminder to please go to iTunes. Uh, click on the subscribe button if you like our show. Or uh, email us at GoodBadGeeky at gmail.com. Or tweet us at, you guessed it, GoodBadGeeky. 
You can also leave a comment if you go to iTunes. If you want to search for us on iTunes, it's keywords, good, wait for it, bad, oh, wait, one more, and geeky. Uh, so that's just keywords, spaces in between good, bad, geeky, or good, bad, geeky podcast. You'll find us. And uh, please leave a comment, leave a five-star review if you really dug the show. And uh, all right. So with that being said, let's talk turkey. And by turkey, I mean movies. And by movies, I mean... Yeah. So, I am a big fan of two movies that were out this summer, and it's a shame I'm finally just now talking to them, talking uh, to them, about them, whatever. And that is uh, Jurassic World. I am a huge fan of Jurassic World. I, I think it's the best of the series in some ways, except for the fact that it's not the original. And just by that alone, it, it, it loses by default. You know what I mean? I adore Jurassic World. Um, first off, I, I think that the, the reason why Jurassic Park World, Jurassic World succeeds is for two reasons. Is that it knows... It does, just doesn't know the audience, but it, it knows and picks up on the fact that it, it, it needs to have dinosaur characters that you can relate to and really root for. And then going a step further, it knows what, what its own theme is. And I think that's really important. I think if you, had to, like, if you had to ask me what the plot of the second movie was, Jurassic Park, The Lost World, or Lost World Jurassic Park, whatever the fuck they call it, you know, look, I like that movie, but it's not great, really. Like, if you read the book, the book makes sense thematically on why they're there. The second one really feels like, quickly, let's just throw Jeff Goldblum into the mix and his character, Ian Malcolm, into the mix. While, um, like, really the only good thing that came out of the second movie, no joke, was the whole bit with Tremblo, uh, or Rumblo, or whatever his name is, the hunter, played by Pete... Pete Postwaite, I, I, felt, I hope I said his name right, rest in peace. Um, his arc in the movie was the best part of the movie. Uh, matter of fact, my, I, my favorite line from that movie uh, is the whole, you know, uh, no thank you, sir, I've, I believe I've spent uh, plenty of time in the company of death. Like, that's such a fucking great line. And it feels wasted in the movie a little bit just because of how they've done it. And I hate that they made the Peter Ludlow the bad guy uh, in a way. I, I really feel like you should have had Dotson come back. He was the bad guy of the film or of the of the book. Why not at least have him come back? It, it it seems to me to make a whole hell of a lot more sense than having it be Peter Ludlow. But I digress. Um, the theme of the second book was about extinction, and it, it just sort of drives home a little bit more the whole, um, you know, don't fuck with nature kind of thing. Um, but on a different level, it, it's it's really it's really weird and interesting when you when you look at something like that. Now, going a step further, the first movie, it, the theme is so basic, which is. Don't fuck with nature. If you try to control nature, this is where you lose. Because life is such a unique thing, you can't try to control it. And when you do, bad things happen. Well, that's the whole point of Jurassic Park. You know. Now, Jurassic World. 
it, we already know that the problem is man controls dinosaurs. But what if man actually did control dinosaurs to a, you know, got everything, and it's been running for the last 10 years just fine. Now, here's the question, which is, man has tamed science to a degree, but now, what if, what if he sells out to the consumer? That, to me, is the whole point of Jurassic World. It, it, but you just throw dinosaurs in the mix. Um, the, for those who don't know, the plot of the movie is Jurassic World has been open for the last 10 years. Um, it's on Isla Nublar. So after the events of the first movie, um, InGen swooped in and saved the park and brought John Hammond's idea to life in such a way that it's just, it's pretty fucking awesome. But there's some other stuff going on. There is a section of InGen believes that they can uh, make money off the dinosaurs and by leasing them out as as weapons, machines, um, to kill. So and so they hire Chris Pratt, you know, aka Star Lord, um, to train the Raptors and see if it's viable. He's training the Raptors, which is really cool, but he understands that these things are living beings and that they they like the trailer says they, they need three things to sleep, to eat and to fuck. And, you know, it, it, it really comes down to misunderstanding that message. And in a way, it's making fun of us as audience members because every time a big movie comes out, like not just Jurassic World, but any movie comes out, like say The Avengers, they pull people. Like, what do you want to see? Like, well, we want to see something bigger, more action packed. More full of daring do and uh, you know this and that, and so then instead of probably following on what they wanted to do in the first place, they try to give the audience what they want by pandering to them, and that is where Jurassic World I think really succeeds super well. Look. It says Chris Press says he's like they're dinosaurs. What else do you really need? Why do you need to create a brand new species of dinosaurs? Because they pulled people, because they felt like they weren't making enough money. They pulled people and gave them exactly what they wanted. They gave them a dinosaur. It created a dinosaur that is made up of the T Rex, the Velociraptor, and probably three or four other things, making it a truly, truly terrifying creature. The Dominus Rex, freaking genius! It, it, it and how well it works. There are moments too where I feel like you know, not every death needs to feel, you know, super squeaky clean good. Um, I remember a lot of people were upset about the way that there's this one death in the movie. Uh, the girl who sort of tasked with staying and watch the kids. She sucks at her job, yes, but beyond that, she wasn't cruel to the boys or anything like that, but she gets picked up by the Petrodons, dropped a few times, picked at, necked at, or whatever, and then she is food for the Harris. I mean, so she's swallowed whole and digested. I mean, that's that's pretty fucking cruel. And it's, it's, and it's a beautifully done death scene for a character that 
you know, uh, you know, it, it could feel very easily like, oh, well, that doesn't really seem fair that that's the way she died. But I'm telling you guys, it, in it, to me, I think it feels it says exactly what it needs to say. Um, that when you're not paying attention, this kind of stuff happens. And also, it, it, it was needed. At least that's that's my opinion. So I really love Jurassic World. I think it is uh, ultimately it's the second best movie in the franchise. But um, and it comes really close though in certain moments to being better than Jurassic Park, but it still isn't the original, and so thus that's the reason why it doesn't surpass it. Now, also up next is the movie Ant Man. Uh, for those who have been living in a, under a bridge or a rock, Ant Man's the new Marvel movie of the summer, starring Paul Rudd, Michael Douglas, Evangeline Lilly. Um, Corey Stream, I can't re- I can't remember his last name, and I'm not going to look it up. But pretty much uh, the one dude from House of Cards, wonderful actor by the way. Now, Ant Man overall was a great movie. It worked, but it wasn't great in the same way Jurassic World does. I would say, or in comparing it to the other Marvel movies, as Guardians of the Galaxy. I will throw out there that Ant Man is a film that did what it was meant to do and did it well, but it could have been done better. What I mean by that is... What I mean by that is that that movie is trying to be something a little different. It really is trying to be a film that has nothing to do with the Marvel Universe, but it does. And it does something that's very hard to do in movies today, and that is world build. World build in any story, whether it be comic books, movies, radio, whatever your format is, it's really hard to do. It should leave you guessing and wanting to find out what's going to happen next, right? So that, to me, is the real success of Ant-Man. Michael Douglas stars as the original Hank Pym, um, or the original Hank Pym, the original Ant-Man, who was Hank Pym. He created the Pym particle that, uh, one applied to the suit, it shrinks you down, and there you go. There's two moments in the movie that really make you want to flash back and see Ant-Man, the original Ant-Man. And that's not a slam against Chris, uh, Scott Lang, which is played by Paul Rudd, his Ant-Man. But... That's how well done the movie is. It gives you just enough to find out, I want to know what the hell happened here. Just like in Star Wars, um, Episode Four, or Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country, or Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. These are movies that that they take a word. Here's the thing, though, that's interesting about Star Trek. Star Trek is a world that's already been built up by the television show. But it creates a world that it makes you want to really dig more into. You know, um, and that in itself is just good storytelling. It's it's the way that you approach the story. And and in Star Wars, for example, it builds everything up, like the the world of the of the of the rebellion, it, the the world of the Jedi Knights, and what happened there. And of course, the backstory with Luke, and of course, the general way that the universe sort of operates and lives in fear of the Empire. That kind. Of, I mean, it's it's really like that, and. Ant-Man does that here as well. It really builds up the mythology of Shield, but in particularly, in particular, in particularly, dear Jesus, I cannot speak. In particularly, 
Hank Pym as Ant-Man and uh, Janet Van Dyme, a.k.a. the Wasp, in the Marvel Universe, um, or in S.H.I.E.L.D. And that in itself is huge. I cannot wait, if they would ever do it, to see that movie. It might not ever happen, but I can't wait to see it. That's how good Ant-Man is. Now, that being said, the new Ant-Man, a.k.a. Chris, uh, Scott Lang, a.k.a. Paul Rudd, how is that? It's a great movie, but there, if, if any of the flaws come down in the movie, though, it really comes down to the, the, the bad game. I believe it's Corey Stroll, Corey Haim. I can't, I'm so sorry. But he's a wonderful actor, but there's a few times where you could tell that his character suffered in the editing room. Um, the whole point is that his character uh, is, or was, the protege for Hank Pym at Pym Industries, or, or yeah, or whatever it is, Pym Tech or whatever. And his character, Cross, feels betrayed, and he doesn't feel respected or loved, and uses his daughter, uh, Hank Pym's daughter, Hope, played by Evangeline Lilly, Hope, you know, uses that against uh, him, so to speak. Um, But then you find out it's a ruse, because she's worried that He's trying to create his own Pym particle, calling the Cross particle. Ooh, how original. Good job, Cross. But Cross is so close, is on the breakthrough of finding a breakthrough with the Cross particle. Now, here's where shit gets a little off. If you watch the movie, he has never, the way they edit it together, you know, from his perspective, he's never used the suit. But the way you hear her talk, uh, Hope talk, is that there were probably some scenes that were cut out where, listen to yourself, you've used the suit so many times that it's making you crazy. And you're going, well, wait, he's not worn the suit yet. What, it's, not the, it's not the end of the movie. He hasn't worn the suit yet. What the hell? So it's little stuff like that that really makes you um, have issues when you really look at it and examine it further. Uh, there is a great moment uh, where you know Scott go you know shrinks down and starts continuing to shrink through time and space itself. It's really good. It's a it's absolutely amazing. Beyond that, though, I would say that uh, the finale that takes place in a girl's bedroom is hysterical poignant even and is just a lot of fun again that's the whole thing with with ant-man the whole movie is a lot of fun and it it really does have a lot of heart there are a a few things that you wish they would focus on a little bit more on from scott's perspective uh like with the daughter and stuff like that but still it is a great movie i wholeheartedly uh suggest you give it a try um, not as good as, say, Guardians, um, where it builds a perfect world, but the story seems to be, very, at least to me, very coherent and makes a lot of sense. Um, the, even the bad guy's motivations, even though the villain gets short-stiffed a little bit, um, I still feel like the villain's motives are a little bit more clear, and his story is clear and it makes sense. While Ant-Man, uh, cross-technologies or cross-tech, uh, his that his character feels really hurt in the editing room. So, yeah. Well, that's all I have for um, this episode. 
If you have any other thoughts, you know, please don't hesitate to let us know. Again, at GoodBadGeeky on Twitter or email us at GoodBadGeeky at gmail.com. And don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes if you like the show and uh, give us a, a good review. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Get out of here with that cheese! You're a creep! Go away! We're having a good time until you start up, cheapers! Do have some coffee with cream or something! Because I'll tell you something! This is a happy place! What the fuck am I supposed to say? <laughs> what the song is that?